Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. What's up, Embassy City family? I love you guys, and I hope you're all doing well to our vitamin E peaks. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Listen, I have the honor and the privilege of spending time with my family. So we are on vacation for the entire month of July. We have Tim Rivers, a dynamic pastor who is about to literally turn our worlds upside down. Get up on your feet and give a big round of applause. Your speaker for the entire month is Tim Rivers. Hey, hey, hey. We're back in the house of God. I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to Embassy City. To those that are watching online or Vitamin E family, thank you for joining us today. Anybody glad that you're in the presence of God? Yeah. The scripture lets us know that anything can happen when you're in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I used to think that Jesus would never ask us to do something that we're incapable of doing until I read more of the Bible and he told a lame man to walk. <laughs> He told a dead man to get up. So whatever it is that you need from the Lord, I promise you, you can receive it if you believe it. So we're in the series called Upset the Church. And if you haven't figured it out yet, I am not Tim Ross. I'm the other Tim. And I'm going to be with you all for the next month, the month of July. And I'm excited to be here. We're in this new series called Upset the Church. And let me just catch you up real quick. Last week, uh, we we, uh, talked about the church of Ephesus and how they were moving away from their first love, Christ, and they were drawn away by distractions. We call that message Side Chick Jesus. And this week, we're going to continue in the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelations generally is not a book that most people uh, put in their devotional for just, you know, morning inspiration. (laughs) But I want to demystify Revelations for you. The book of Revelation is not really about beasts and seals and angels and candlesticks, the book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ. It opens the book by saying that Jesus is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. Then John writes about all the stuff that's going to happen, but guess what happens in Revelation 22? Jesus is still on the throne. He's still the first and the last. He's still the beginning and the end. He's still the Alpha and the Omega. So what this is telling me is that no matter what you go through in life, God is still the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He's still on the throne in your life. So as we go into this series, Upset the Church, we're really looking at where is Jesus in our lives when we go through different conditions? So we're spending the next five weeks, and we're just dissecting the seven letters written to seven churches in Asia. And this week, we're going to be talking about the church in Smyrna. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 2. And while you're turning there, I want to say this. Um, I've had the pleasure now of preaching here several times, and I honor and love uh, Pastor Tim and Juliet and the staff. But I also want to give a special shout-out to those that often are unsung heroes, and that's all of our volunteers who make this service and these things happen online as well. Come on, can you put your hands together for volunteers? Man, so appreciate that. All right, Revelation chapter 2, verse number 
8. Here we go. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. (laughs) And somebody say amen. Amen. Now, remember, when we're talking about these letters, they're written to the churches, but the church is made up of individuals, you and I together. So when we look at these letters, they're actually written to us as individuals. Not every One of these letters is going to apply to you, but some of them will apply to you depending on where you are in life. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want one of these letters written to me. Not this letter to Smyrna. Just imagine that you are going through uh, hell. You're going through a trial. You're going through a tribulation. And Jesus decides, I'm going to write you a letter while you're in the midst of this. And Jesus writes you this letter. He says, hey, listen. Listen, fam, I know what you're going through. I see the trial that you're in. I see the tribulation that you're facing. And I'm here to encourage you. More tribulation is coming. (laughs) At that point, I'll be trying to throw in the towel. But Jesus is literally writing to the church of Smyrna. And he's saying, I know what you're going through. And I'm telling you, it's probably going to get worse. But let me encourage you. Don't stop. Don't stop. Quit. Don't settle. Pastor Stan was about to preach my message. I leaned over Eunice. I said, my man better wrap it up. You're going to take my sermon. But the reality is, how many have ever been through hell? Let me see your hand. You've, you've gone through hell. Online, you can go ahead and put it in the chat. Like, you've had to face some stuff. Come on, new levels, new devils. You, you've been through some stuff. The fact that you're here means that you made it through. But here's the fact. A lot of times when we're going through hell, we just got to keep on going. Yeah. So my title for today, since we had a provocative title last week, I got one for you this week. It's this. Why in hell would you stop? Why in hell would you stop? If there is one guarantee that you have as a believer is this. You will go through trials. Jesus told his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus told his, one of his favorite disciples, Peter, Peter, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And here's the thing, Jesus didn't say, but bro, I prayed against it. I'm giving you the shield of faith to resist it. He said, Peter, I just prayed for you (laughs) that your faith will not fail. (laughs) Peter said, hey, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange things happen. So today we're going to talk about it. All right. Why in hell 
would you stop? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. In the next few moments, as we begin to unpack your word, I pray that you would speak to us and that we would get new revelation and that we would walk out of here different than the way we walked in. We thank you for what you're doing in us and through us in Jesus' name. And somebody say amen. amen. So here's a fact. All of us are on a journey. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be three or 30 or, or 75. You are on a journey. From the very first moment that you took in a breath of air, you started on a movement toward a purpose. And all of us are aware of this because this is a desire innate within us given to us by God. God has designed every one of us. It's in our DNA. It's etched within the fiber of our being. God has designed all of us to move into more. And all of us are aware of that because there's almost this insatiable appetite for more. There's almost this dissatisfaction that we all deal with. We all want to move forward. We all want to go further. We all know that there's more to life than this. Now, ironically... We live in a world that celebrates anti-settling. So you see this all the time on social media. Hashtag don't settle. Hashtag next. Hashtag miss me with that. Hashtag taking care of myself right now. Hashtag self-love. Hashtag I deserve more than that. And we live in a culture that celebrates not settling, but every one of us, if we would be honest, will look around and you will find people who have just settled, just stopped, just quit. In fact, it reminds me of this story of a young man who was dating this girl. And, you know, they were starting to vibe together and they were... They were starting to talk about marriage and the future and what life would be like if they were together. And so all this stuff was happening. So this young man decides, you know what? The most important thing I got to do is I got to introduce her to my moms. So he gets this young lady, Felicia, and he brings her to his mom and says, hey, mom, uh, I want to introduce you to my new girl. Her name is Felicia. Now, we've been talking a while and now we're talking about marriage and the future. And so I think it's very important that you get to meet her. And y'all get to vibe. And, and you know how it, any guys ever introduce your young lady to your mom and how nervous you were? I know I was because your moms can be cruel. So, so my man is sitting here, he's introducing Felicia, and he's talking about all the great things that go on in, in their relationship and all this stuff. And, and so his mom is sitting there looking both of them up and down, and then finally his mom stops and goes, why would you settle for that? Ooh. And then this young man, just like any good young man would do, he said, now, wait a minute, mom. You ain't going to talk to my girl like that. I'm in love with her. And before he could get another word out, his mom stopped and said, young man, shut your mouth. I was talking to her. (laughs) Well, here's the fact. Here's the fact. A lot of us just settled. They did some research, and they, and they, and they, uh, they interviewed all these couples, and they found out that over 75% of couples that they interviewed said that they settled for the one that they were with because the one they loved got away. If you're married, do not say amen. (laughs) Do not say amen. But the reality is 
Most of us don't plan to settle. I don't know anybody that planned to be in a mediocre marriage. I don't know anybody that planned to be in a dead-end job. I don't know anyone that said, hey, I would like to go to a dead, dry, dull church that don't preach the word. I don't know anybody that sets out on a journey toward the purpose that God has for them and say, you know what? I planned on just going halfway. But the reality is that in this life, there are trials, there are tribulations, there are things that come our way that cause us to stop before we get to where God wants us to be. And so as I began to dissect the word and I was reading the word, God led me to a story in Genesis chapter 11, verse number 31. So if you have your Bibles uh, or you can follow us on the screen, Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. This is the story about a man named Terah, who is the father of Abraham. So here's what the scripture says. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. Now pay attention to that. But, somebody say but. Always pay attention when you see those divine buts in the scripture. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, most of us have heard about Abraham, right? We've heard about Father Abraham. We know that he's one of the patriarchal fathers. We, we all know about Abraham, but most of us have not read or heard about Terah. And I have read the scripture many, many, many times, but this time the scripture kind of was different for me because I took note of this man named Terah. Now, Terah, let me give you context. Terah is the father of Abraham, at that time, Abram. And Terah gathers his family together, Abraham, his wife, his grandson. He gathers them all together. He says, you know what? I I like where we're at, and it's cool and all, but I really feel like there is more for us in another place called Canaan. Now, if you look at a map on where the Ur of the Chaldea is and where Canaan is, it's a straight shot across. But because of the topography of the in-between, a lot of desert, it was very treacherous, you had to take the trade routes and go northwest up to the middle point, which was Haran, and then you will go down into Canaan. So Terah gathers his family together, and he goes, you know what, I really feel like there's more for us in Canaan. There, there, there are probably greener trees. There's going to be more land for us, for our, for our livestock. There's good things. I really feel led to go to Canaan. So they take off toward Canaan. Now, as they're on their way to Canaan, they have to pass by this place called Haran. And when they get to Haran, they stop there because it takes about a few months to get to Haran and then a few more months to get to Canaan. So Terah Terra is up in age. He's making the move. And along the journey, I can promise you, it's treacherous. It takes a lot of work. He's older, and so his body is aching. And he's making this journey to go to Canaan. But when he gets to Haran, they decide to rest. And now, here's the thing about Haran. Haran was a place that was a thoroughfare for trade. So people would come from all over, and they would come to Haran, and they would trade goods. And it was, a, it was almost like a, a place that you would meet to buy and sell goods and then go back to where you came from. But when they get there, Terah decides, hey, let's just rest for a couple of days, and then we're going to continue the journey. But a couple of days turn into a week, and a week turns into a couple of weeks, and a couple of weeks turns into a couple of months, and a couple of months now turn into years. And Abraham, no doubt, and Lot are going, hey, Dad, listen, like we never planned to settle here. You said we were going all the way to Canaan, but Terah begins to explain to Abraham that, guess what? I know I told you I was going to Canaan, but I'm tired I'm worn out, 
I'm up in age, and so I'm just going to settle here. And, and Tara makes the decision, hey, I'm not planning. I wasn't planning to go to Haran. I planned to go to Canaan, but because of some things in my life, I just want to stop. I just want to rest. I just want to quit. I want to just die in peace. And so I begin to think about this story and the application it has to us because most of us are like Tara. Most of us have a purpose and a plan that we know God has for our lives. Maybe it's a job that you were going after or a degree that you were going to finish or a ministry that you want to get involved in. And, and you're on your way to Canaan, which happens to be the promised land, right? So we're on the way to the place that God has for us. But along the journey, most of us settle. <laughs> so I begin to pray and I said, God, why do we settle? Why did Terah settle? Now, the scripture doesn't give us specifics on why Terah settled, but if I can just interject my own thoughts into the story, I want to give you three reasons why I believe most people settle. Number one is it's comfortable in the present. <laughs> if we're not careful, we will sacrifice great for good. Now, there's a difference between contentment and apathy, and some people get confused on the both. But contentment is simply a state of being satisfied and possessing joy. The, the scripture says that I will learn that in whatever state that I am in to be content. That means no matter what I go through, no matter the circumstance, my contentment, my joy is not predicated on what I'm going through in the moment. That's contentment. Apathy is you lack joy and you lack contentment and there is no forward movement. Can I tell you that most people, some people, will end up being in a toxic relationship because it's comfortable. They will be in a dead-end job because it's comfortable. They will hang around people that they cannot stand because it's comfortable. They will not move from the neighborhood that they're in. Shots being fired every night. <laughs> and they have the opportunity to get out, but they will not because it's comfortable. Too many people decide to settle and stop because it's comfortable. And maybe you're in this place, and remember, we're upsetting the church. <laughs> so maybe you feel yourself getting upset, and that's a good thing. But you got to ask yourself the question, have you settled because it's comfortable? Because the journey toward the promised land it's not comfortable. <laughs> the journey to Canaan was not filled with ease. Tara was not sleeping on a nice feathered pillow. My man was sleeping in tents and having to stop, but he may have stopped because where he was in Heron was comfortable. Here's the second reason why most people will settle and quit. Fear of the future. Can I tell you that what God has for you is for you? And the enemy knows that when you move towards the future, if he can do if he can do one thing, he's going to try to get you to fear what God has for you. <laughs> Here, here's the thing about about fear of the future. You don't know what's coming. But neither does the devil. So the only trick he got is a lie. He's going to tell you, man, it's scary over there. And I'm like this devil. You ain't even been over there. Why would I believe this joker? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. This is what happened to Israel. 
Israel gets delivered out of Egypt, right? With, with, with plagues and, and a mighty hand, and God takes them through the Red Sea on dry ground. He swamps all of the enemies in the sea. Now they're in the desert. They're singing praises to God, and good things are happening. And all of a sudden, they're like, man, we thirsty. So God makes water come from a rock. They're like, man, we hungry. All right, he makes manna come. Man, we, we want some meat. Then comes quail. All these miracles are happening in their lives. And then God brings them right to the edge of the promised land. Now they can see it. The spies come back, and they're like, man, yo, listen, fam, is exactly how they describe houses we didn't build, vineyards we didn't plant, wells we didn't dig. Surely the land flows with milk and honey. It takes two of us to carry a cluster of grapes. This is absolutely phenomenal. And then this is what Israel did. Israel said, man, I hear you, but y'all said there were giants over there? Nah, fam. I'll deal with slavery before I deal with giants. Because here's what happens. When you fear the future, you will make excuses for the trauma of the past. When you're afraid of where God is taking you, you will start making excuses about how great the past was, even when the past wasn't great. You will not move forward into another relationship because you fear what that relationship is going to be. So you end up staying in a toxic relationship. We will settle for the past and not move into the future when we're paralyzed by fear. But I'm here to preach and tell you that what God has for you in the future is better than your past. It's greater than what you've been through. It's better than what you can see. So don't settle. Israel rationalized slavery, sand, garlic. Listen, check this out. God is showing you a land filled with milk and honey, right? And you're like this. I really like garlic and onions. That's what happens when you are afraid of the future. Here's the third reason why most people settle. Fatigue. And I would venture to say that fatigue is one of the main reasons why people will stop. Fatigue is one of the main reasons that people will just settle. I'm just tired. Now, Terah was not a young man. He was up in age. And he's making this journey. And when he gets to Haran, and now here's what's interesting. If you look at a map, it's kind of a bell curve. Ur of the Chaldeas is here. Haran is about in the middle. And then you go to Canaan. Isn't it interesting that he gets halfway to where he was wanting to go? But he gets so tired that he stops. Before getting all the way to where God had him, he was so tired. He was so anxious. He was so weary. He was going through so much that he said, you know what? I just want to rest. And I can tell you, this is what Jesus is writing to when he's writing to the church at Smyrna. And he says, listen, church, I am well aware that you've been going through tribulation. I'm not trying to downplay the fact that you've been going through some real stuff. In fact, some of you are going to be thrown into prison. Like some of us in in 2020 feel like we're being persecuted because, well, they didn't give me a discount at Luby's. (laughs) We think we're going through persecution. We know nothing of persecution compared to the first century church. They're getting legitimately thrown in prison. They're getting, and in fact, at the time that this is written, John is on the Isle of Patmos. You know why he's on the Isle of Patmos? Because they tried to kill him several times. In fact, the last effort that they tried to kill him with 
is they try to boil him alive in hot oil, and the man wouldn't die. So they said, man, if we can't kill you, we're going to just abandon you on the island. So, so John is on an island by himself when he is writing this to the church at Smyrna, and he's saying, listen, guys, I know that you're going through some real stuff, and I'm not trying to downplay it. I know that your marriage is messed up right now. I know that your kids are acting crazy right now. I know that your money is acting funny right now. I know that your faith is on trial right now. I know that what you've been praying for, you haven't received yet. I know that your body is racked with pain from that sickness. I understand that you're going through trials. And I understand that you are tired. But listen, Smyrna, keep the faith. Don't stop. Because for too many, when they're going through hell, they stop there. And let me ask you this question. Why in hell would you stop? If you're going through hell, go through it. If you're going to face a trial, don't stop while you're getting beat. Keep running. Keep the faith. Keep going the race. Because here's the thing. The race is not given to the swift, but it's given to those who endure to the end. Our race is won when we cross the finish line. So third is fatigue. But here's what I love about the story. And I'm not here just to leave you in this story. Because here's the thing about the seven letters that are written to the seven churches. There are only two churches mentioned that didn't receive a rebuke. One of them was Smyrna. It was just an encouragement. And the other one is Philadelphia. And we'll talk about that later. But Jesus said, guess what? I ain't got a rebuke for you. All I got to ask from you is just keep going. I just need you to keep pressing. It doesn't matter if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, row. I just need you to keep moving forward because here's the thing. It's better than where you've been. (laughs) The old saints used to say, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in my past. I want to move forward into the future that God has for my life. Can I preach and upset the church and tell you that your greater days, the latter days are greater than your former days and your future is better than your past. You just got to keep moving. And this is what I love about this story. Because see, Tara's story is wrapped up in two verses. Tara left Ur the Chaldeans. He planned to go to Canaan. He stopped in Haran. And that's where he died. End of story. But then God picks up the story with his son Abraham. He says, Abraham, listen, this is what I need you to do. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you so great that you, if you can count the sand of the sea, that's how great your name is going to be. If you can count the stars in the sky, that's how great I'm going to bless you. I, in fact, I'm going to make it so great that those that bless you will be blessed. Those that curse you will be cursed. I'm going to make it so great that everywhere you step, I'm giving it to you. You step over here, it's yours. You step over here, I'm preaching now. Wherever you step, that's what I'm going to give to you. And God says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And there's going to be no denying that I am your God. And so Abraham says, all right, what I got to (laughs) do? And God looks at Abraham. Abraham, this is what I need you. I need you to do one thing. I need you to leave the land of your father because your daddy didn't go all the way. I need you to finish what he started. 
Terah's story stopped in two verses. But Abraham, by the time I get through with you, they're going to say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I can't help but wonder. When I read this story, I started to wonder. I wonder if Terah would have gone all the way. I wonder if Terah would have been mentioned as one of the patriarchal fathers. I wonder if we would have read the scripture and it would have said Terah, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob. But Terah was a quitter. But Abraham stood up and said, I don't know where I'm going, but I ain't staying here. <laughs> My dad was planning to go to, to Canaan where I'm going all the way. And is it any wonder that where God leads Abraham is to where? Canaan. Oh, my Lord, the place that his dad planned to go. God picks up the story and says, Abraham, I'm taking you all the way. The only thing I need you to do, Abraham, is go. That was literally the only instruction that Abraham got. So here's two reasons why you should not settle. Why in hell would you stop? I'm about to give you two reasons not to stop. Ready? Here's the first one. You are meant for more. I don't care how old you are. The promise on your life doesn't expire until you do. <laughs> you could be two, you could be 22 or 92. It don't matter how old you are. You got to keep moving forward because the promise that God has on your life does not stop. It ain't over till God says it's over. And with God, it's never over until I'm over. You are meant for more. Abraham had to wake up at some point and go, you know what? This ain't where I'm supposed to be. This is halfway to where I'm supposed to be. So he got up and he moved forward. Can I tell you, no matter what you're going through right now, you are meant for more. God has a plan for your life. That's why I'm not slowing down and I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. You know why? Because what God has for me is for me, and I'm not stopping until I get what God has for me. When Jesus wrote the letter through the penmanship of John to the church of Smyrna, he said, listen, some of you are going to die, but you better die running. (laughs) Some of you are going to go to prison, but you better go to prison singing. I don't know what you're going through today, but can I tell you, just keep going because why in hell would you stop why would you stop when tribulation is coming that's the time when you got to lean on Jesus why would you quit when you're going through tribulation that's the time when you got to lean on the wonderful name of Jesus when you're going through stuff that's the time when you got to get deeper into Christ here's the second and final reason why you should not stop you leave a legacy Did you know that wherever you stop is where the next generation starts? (laughs) This is why I love next gen ministry. Because here's the thing. Wherever you stop is where they start. If you stop in bitterness, your kid's going to start there. If you stop in unforgiveness, that's where your kids will start. If you stop in unhealth, That's where your kids are going to start. Here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham could have woken up in Canaan, but instead he woke up in Haran. Here's the good thing about God. God will still take you all the way. But since we're talking about you and me, the reason why we should not stop is because we got a legacy to leave. If I stop in blessing, my kids begin in blessing. (laughs) If I stop in praise, my kids begin in praise. If I stop in blessing, my kids begin in blessing. 
Wherever I stop, that's where the next generation starts. So let me ask you the question. You're on your way to Canaan. That's why you're here. That's why you're online. You may, buy, you may be by the poolside sipping on coffee right now, but you're still on that journey. If you're here physically, I'm preaching to you right now. And I'm telling you, God's trying to take you all the way to Canaan. I was just going to teach a nice, smooth message, but now I'm fired up. Because if there's one thing I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about people getting to where God wants them to go. I'm passionate about seeing you get to the full extent of where God wants you to go. Will you go through trials? Yes. Will you go through a hard time? Yes. That's why Peter said, hey, I ain't going to sugarcoat it for y'all. Um, it ain't going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it. So let me ask you this question today as you may be in this place and you may feel like you're like the church at Smyrna. You're like, man, I'm either too comfortable or man, I'm afraid of what's around the corner. Or I'm just tired. Man, Pastor Tim, it, it just took everything within me just to get up and get over here. Now I got to listen to you yelling and screaming, talking about why in hell would I stop? I'm tired, bro. I'm here to encourage you. Now is not the time to stop. I, there may be some gray-haired soldiers of the faith. <laughs> You've been living for God longer than I've been alive. And you may be wondering, what else is there for me to do? There's a lot for you to do. Because we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses. <laughs> I believe in heaven and on earth. We, my generation, needs the prayers of saints that have been there. We need you to move forward. We need you to keep pushing. So can I encourage you today, church? Don't stop. Don't quit. If you feel like quitting, if you feel like giving up, if you feel like giving in, don't do it. You ain't got to run faster. You just got to keep going. What I love about the scripture, and I'll close with this, is that he says, to the one that conquers, I will give the crown of life. And what this is, it's, a, it's an image that John is writing about a race that's happening. Because at that time when John was writing Centennial, the Olympics, these sports were happening in the Roman Empire. And one of the biggest races was a foot race. And what they would do is these guys would go and they would run these laps, right? Just much, much like the Olympics that we see now. And what would happen is to the guy that crossed the finish line, it didn't matter if you were first or last, but if you crossed the finish line, you received a wreath or a crown of life for finishing the race. And what John is telling the church is you're not going to get a gold medal. You're not going to get a silver medal. You're not going to get a bronze medal. God's going to hand out wreaths. He's going to hand out wreaths to those that just crossed the finish line. Some of us are barely going to crawl <laughs> past the finish line. But you still won't get that wreath. So whatever it takes keep moving forward.
Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Go to your Canaan, whatever it may be. You want to close your heads, bow your, uh, close your eyes, bow your heads. Don't close your head. That'd be difficult. <laughs> if you can do it, come up here. We'll pray for you. <laughs> bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to see the hands of those that would say, man, I am, I'm in one of those three categories. I'm tired. I'm afraid of the future or I'm just too comfortable. Let me see your hand. If you're online, just let us know in the chat. Great. I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, that your saints that are here, hearing this word and those that will hear it in this week, have tuned in even though they may be tired, even though they may be going through tribulation and trials. So I pray, God, that you would just give them supernatural faith to continue moving forward. That even while trials and tribulations may come, your grace is sufficient for us. And so right now, Lord, as we're going through the series and we're being upset and we're looking at these letters, if this is convicting our hearts and this is where we are, I pray that your saints would just move forward. I pray for grace in the time of need. I'm praying for healing if their body is sick. I'm praying that you would make a way where there seems to be no way because you're the God of the breakthrough. So now we thank you, Lord God, for what you're getting ready to do in our lives. We give your name all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And somebody shout amen. Come on, put your hands together and give Jesus some praise. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.